You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. And today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by fourth place Wyatt Monin. <laughs> How you doing, Wyatt? I'm doing good. How you doing, Jeff? I was thinking of uh, you and Hawk, and you guys got fourth in the UKC World Hunt, you know, and which is most people would kill just to be in the finals of World Hunt. But then... Uh, I look at I'm I'm thinking about that and I remember uh, what was that movie with Jackie Moon uh, where they oh, where the, the semi pro where they're fighting for fourth place. <laughs> oh man, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't that one. yeah, it's a good one. But anyway, they, you got fourth place. It was a big deal. I want to congratulate you and Hawk first of all because uh, at your age, getting into the finals of the of the UKC World Hunt is that's a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, people can go all their lives you look at me i'm an old man now and i can't get in the finals of anything yeah yeah well well i've uh well i'm sure it'll come i'm sure it'll come for you one of these days yeah but, uh, i don't know I about don't know. that it, it was a it was a pretty crazy experience and whatnot i uh you know it kind of it kind of has been a dream of mine for quite a while and that's that's a hunt that i had just been snake bit as all get out with i um I think I went five or six years to the zones, and I never want to cast until just this year. Yeah, everything. And I how many how many times up. has Hawk been? Uh, this is the second year Hawk's been there, but um, just last year, actually, I took him to the zone in Iowa, and my first night, I just I just got beat. Um, I needed to find a couple of my coons, and it was actual legit dens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He typically doesn't look too good when it's a little hotter and it was a little hotter down at that hunt and i ended up just ended up getting him started on some thyroid pills and everything about five days before we went out here to wisconsin yeah and i don't know what your thought on them thyroid pills is but uh you know when i had clyde that that made me a believer in all that and everything and i did a bunch of blood work make sure he didn't have anything underlying that was causing that and uh i mean that that's helped him just tremendously even when it is hot what and, uh, what uh, you went? You said you went to zones in Wisconsin. Yep, I went to zones in Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah, was it? What was the weather difference? I mean, was it pretty nice down in Tennessee? I never even did check the weather, but I assumed it was cooler in Wisconsin the weekend before than it was in Tennessee the next weekend. Surely. Yeah, it, it was cooler. Yeah, um, we ended up 
so I went down a day early. You know, it's a long drive for me yeah. to get there. You know, the Google Maps will tell you, you know, 12 or 13 hours. It'll take you 14, though, if you go straight through. Yeah. So I ended up uh, I ended up going or sleeping in my truck, actually, on the east side of Kansas City once I got through there. And then finished the drive off and got there right around uh, noon or 1 o'clock on Wednesday mm-hmm. before the hunt. And it was so stinking hot. It was probably over uh, probably over 100. And Dude. I didn't have a room yet. I was just planning on getting one there. I figured, well, shoot, there's a, you know, how much UKC staff and then 104 entrance and how many of them will be split in one. I figured I'd have an easy time getting a room. And I was pretty darn worried about my dog yeah. and everything in the box. But I got I got a room at the Motel 6 and got him in there. But it was hotter than heck that day. But then uh, on Thursday, it ended up being pretty good temp and everything. So yeah, it was pretty nice weather. A little warmer the next night. But, yeah, it was definitely warmer and everything so when you talk about the uh trip on the way down to tennessee tell everybody where you're from up there in that frozen tundra yeah so i'm a well a lot of people call me a yankee and whatnot <laughs> just because i <laughs> live this far up and everything but uh i'm right up by sioux falls south dakota yeah um i'm probably about so i'm about 10 15 minutes from south dakota and i'm about three minutes from minnesota i mean i'm as far in the northwest corner as you can get and a lot of people when i say i'm from iowa they don't really understand that no like i i can say i'm i'm just five miles from the iowa line i've got to be at least four or five hours from you i'm sure at least yeah i think it takes me right around six or seven hours to get to like la plata missouri yeah yeah. i figured them i'd be about five hours from you so i mean it's a You've got to be, I mean, I'm going to just go off the top of my head, but I don't know of any other world champions from South Dakota. Yeah, I, I ain't no world champion, but... Uh, well, I mean, I world finalists, I'm sorry, world finalists from oh, South Dakota. Yep. Yeah, no, there's a, there's not a lot of people around here um, that have, that are real, there's not a lot around here that are real serious into the competition hunting. You know, there's, a, there's enough guys that like the dogs and everything, mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess Ryan Sears, he's probably a two two and a half hours south of me he's probably about the most serious competition hunter in the area and then jay Bradmeyer, you know up north about four hours or so from me up in north dakota yeah yeah but, jay's jay's up there a long ways oh yeah it, it's it's a haul for him too yeah so <laughs> what is sure. what is the hunting like up there where you're at what um you know a lot of people think iowa you know a lot of coons and everything but it's uh it's a little different than the rest of the state so what i mainly hunt is river bottoms um mm-hmm. there's some there's some crypts with some good timber on it that i hunt but i hunt a lot of river bottoms but when i say river bottoms it's not just a river bottom it's a lot of big ravines and you know mountains more or less going yeah. down towards the river bottom so you know there's not a road within a mile of the river in a lot of spots so it's big woods yeah big hilly for the most part and uh the hunting's different. The coons move out around here, I feel like, but I might just be crazy. <laughs> what, um, what about the when it gets wintertime? How how late do you guys hunt in the year? So I, um, oh, the last couple of years I've slowed down a lot with hunting in the winter, but I, I used to hunt all through the winter. Um, we actually had a cast up here. I scheduled hunts all through the winter, actually, when I, I first remember started at my there, PKC yeah. club. <laughs> I remember one weekend you guys had a hunt when it was like 20 below or something crazy. Yeah, neg- negative 22 or 24 for the wind chill. <laughs> and we actually treed coons. So really? That's when I was hunting fly. He missed a layup by a tree. And uh, the other two in the cast were John Vanderweide. He was smiley. And uh, Tim Lavoie was hunting Devin Maker's bandit dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
bandit ended up i think he had a den and i think he had a piece of a coon and he might have had a coon on his own or something but we actually scored coons in that one hour hunt believe it or not i treed one up a bush that he pushed out of a cattail uh, slough and i missed a layup by a tree we had to circle it was a big cottonwood and then i think smiley got smiley might have treed one and i think bandit might have treed one as well so it, it ended up being a Ended up actually treeing some coons, but boy, that was miserable. It had I mean, to be. Do you think the air, yeah, the air temp I think was six six below, but <laughs> it was with that wind, it was it's horrible. How do you uh, let's let's back up? Let's go ahead and just back up all the way to the all the way to the beginning. Why? How on earth being up there where you're at? Uh, did you get exposed to competition coon hunting? You know, and and coon hunting in general. So, uh, for the coon hunting in general, my dad always had, didn't, didn't always have dogs, but it's kind of a funny story how he got dogs. So his grandpa, my great grandpa, um, was all for him getting dogs. This is back when fur prices were pretty good back mm-hmm. in probably the late eighties or so. Yeah. And he ended up his dad, his mom and dad, my grandma and grandpa, Roger and Cheryl, they said, uh, he couldn't have a dog. So then uh, they couldn't, he couldn't have one there is what they said. So then my great-grandpa Swede, who lived across the road from him when they lived in town yet, he said, uh, well, you could get one, keep it at my place. So he got a couple dogs, and he kept them across the street at, at, his, uh, at my great-grandpa's place. Yeah. So that's how he got into hounds when he was probably, oh, probably in his early teens or so. What kind of and, dogs were uh, they? So his first two that he had were, uh, I think, a blue tick and a red bone. Yeah, and I think the red bone actually ended up being something pretty decent, but the blue tick he wasn't he wasn't anything. But yeah. uh, he ended up pretty quickly. He actually won the Red Fern Award that UKC used to do, where they'll give you a light and a pup and everything else and the walk with Wick book. No kidding. Yeah, he won that back in the day, and he got a dog named RFA. He named it RFA for Red Fern Award, uh, Sweet River Ruby. Yeah, she was out of Carl Carroll's English Dogs out in Ohio. And uh, I think he made her a night champion, might have got her a couple wins. You know, she was pretty, she was just a pretty decent dog. She wasn't the kind that could really rack up a score, but, you know, if you had a tough, tough night, she was going to show you a coon from mm-hmm. what I heard. I don't remember hunting with her much. I, I did when I was little, real little, but I don't remember much about her. But the first real good dog he got was a Deepwood Surgeon's Hank, also from Carl Carroll. Yeah. And that was out of, I think that one was out of Surgeon's Blue. And uh, I think Ruby ended up being out of patch and, oh, might have been some Loomis breeding. Yeah, this is old English English yeah. breeding back there. But that's what he ran for years, um, mostly English dogs. You know, I remember a couple Walker dogs coming through here. One was named Ruth. They did some winning in Western States PKC with her. Yeah. Um, him and Tim Hoy partnered on quite a few dogs. And... Uh, that ended up that's just kind of how i got into it i would go with my uh i'd go with my dad and tim for a little bit there when they were uh when they were hunting together quite a bit and they were owning some dogs running the western states race and everything um you know they had some pretty decent red bones and english dogs honestly and a walker here and there and then uh, my dad ended up sort of slowly getting out of it um I think the last big hunt or last actual hunt he went to before I started up my PKC club was probably the 2008 AKC South Dakota State Championship. Really? He won that with uh, Chigger, a dog that we had. Um, and that that's one that that's about the first dog I actually started hunting. But Chigger was sort of a, I think he was a rooster and hard time bred type English dog. 
but he had a, he still had some old dogs around. He sort of give the old dogs to my uncles when they were done, when he was done competition hunting them and they'd hide hunt like crazy all through high school. Mm-hmm. That's back when furs were still worth something. And, uh, that's just kind of how I got into it. You know, we've always been like my grandpa owned a fur shop, so we've always been into fur handling. And, oh, uh, I didn't know that, know, that you guys had a fur shop. Yeah. My grandpa owned it back in the day with a couple of my great uncle and whatnot. Um, that was back in the day, actually. Um, but we, he's always had the stuff, and we've always had, like, the skinning machines, flesh and beams, all the boards and everything yeah. else. So, you know, what, I was just uh, always in the fur handling and hunting, so. What, um, uh, when you had that fur shop, you, what's the biggest coon ever come through there, you think? I, I couldn't tell you, honestly. Because uh, you, you look at them um, northern states, and the size of some of your guys' raccoons, uh, gee whiz, they're big. Yeah, I, I always tell people, um. I have a bunch of coons that I have tanned and hanging on my wall, and I've got, I think, three of them that are under 25 pounds um, that are hanging on my wall, and they're just color-phased ones. That's yeah. why they got tanned. But yeah. about every coon over on my wall is over 30 pounds. I've been looking for I don't know how many coons. I pack a scale with my vest now uh, during coon season, and I don't know how many coons I've weighed. I swore were 30 pounds. I cannot. Um, down here it's hard it's impossible to find a 30 pound coon i think we'll yeah. get them in the 25 25 to 28 pound range uh 28 9 i think is the biggest one i ever weighed but yeah. uh yeah they're they're you guys got 30 pounders up there and that people don't understand i don't think how big a 30 pound coon is that is huge they're pretty big i got i've got some pictures with a you know a dog tied back to a fence post or a sapling and then i've got a coon laying out there with the rifle in front of it and you know that coon's as long as a ruger 1022 yeah yeah you they're know, monsters are, when they get that when they get 30 coons. pounds they are monsters so what about yeah, you said you started uh competition hunting with that little english female is that right no so that's that's where my dad started competition hunting yeah. um back in the day and i just sort of got exposed to it always being around i think i walked with when i was really young on a 30 dollar cast or it might have been a ten dollar cast back in the day mm-hmm. uh, just pkc hunt during the week uh there's just a couple guys showing up at it i think i might have walked with on that but my dad was a little worried about me competition hunting um and i just i was hungry for it yeah. i really was um i never went to a youth hunt or anything back in the day um it's kind of a funny story about my first hunt that i got into um i probably should back up a little bit before that um, yeah, so go ahead. Up, my dad had my dad had quit hunting uh, for the most part. You know, he'd still hunt a little bit, but yeah. he was all all but done with the competition hunting and everything. Um, and he, the old dogs that he had, a, a couple of them had died off at my uncle's place just from old age, and or my grandma's place where my uncle still lived back mm-hmm. then. And it was probably about 2012 or 13. We uh, crossed the last two English dogs he had, Sugar and Bella and we got those pups and the oh chigger and bella ended up basically dying before the pups were ready to start they were both old also at the time so i really didn't have much to hunt you know i got to take him a little bit with chigger and he was starting to break down you know he he was starting to break down he got cancer pretty bad so i didn't get to hunt him much so for quite a while i walked hunted english dogs through high school yeah you know, I was 14, 15, I would drive out, you know, 15, 20 minutes to the big Sioux River, and I'd walk hunt these English pups. And there's one, he'd go hunting, but he wouldn't tree. I had one that would tree coons, but she was too smart for her own good. Yeah. And then uh, I had my uncles that was a little bit of a tree monster at the time, and we 
used him. I hunted him too a little bit, and it was just sort of all three of them that I would take out and walk on them basically. And I didn't really have anybody I hunted with. You know, I had some classmates and friends of mine that went mm-hmm. with quite a bit. But, you know, I was driving out there before I even had a license, and I was walk hunting these. Well, my dad tried going with a couple times, and then he figured out I needed a dog. So he started <laughs> making phone calls and calling. And we tried a couple of them that were just terrible yeah we ended up bringing him back and everything and uh we ended up he called paul gibson from uh jasonville indiana is what my dad did and he hadn't talked to him in years you know he had drawn him a time or two and they got along real good paul always had a really nice english dog is why my dad called him and he put me on to his neighbor or he put my dad on to his neighbor paul or uh, tom gamble yeah he had this uh, i think a five-year-old female he said he'd part with and she was actually pretty cheap i think she was only 600 bucks is all he wanted for her well i think i was 15 years old and me and my uncle we drove out to indiana and uh just to hunt with this dog and i mean looking back on it now i mean that's insane to drive to indiana a thousand miles to my house to hunt with a 600 hundred dollar dog yeah. <laughs> and it was snowing all the way out there it was snowing when we got out there and they were not very optimistic about hunting and uh we wanted to go anyways. Well, this this little bitch, she treed a she treed a coon right out of the truck with this old dog that, or with another old dog that he had that was pretty nice. And then they we recut and they got split. And I think I think Annie had a coon, the one we were looking at. And then she ended up treeing again, split quite a ways. At the end, we drove around to her and she had a coon. We give him the give him the money and headed back to Iowa. I'd reckon <laughs> you and find me had, another one of those for six hundred dollars hauler. <laughs> oh, absolutely! That, and that was that bitch was actually out of uh, Mike Gilbert's doctor dog. Really? This is way before I knew who Mike Gilbert was yeah. or anything. And uh, the bitch that Annie was out of was actually out of Zeb again. No kidding. So you know this is a pretty good bred up bitch. And then uh, Paul Gibson, he had said that they had crossed with his male Dumas before. Mm-hmm. And Dumas was out of Elvis Attack and a Yadkin River female. Yeah. So we uh, we ended up, he said we can make that cross again because the first one turned out pretty good, he said. So we ended up driving back home and whatnot, and we started hunting this female. It's right in the middle of winter, and, you know, we're treeing some coons. I mean, she's taking all these, taking all these sorry English pups hunting <laughs> and whatnot, and mm-hmm. she actually is actually just a pretty decent nice common dog i I really enjoyed that female while i had her but uh that was that was my first decent dog that i'd had actually um that i actually had myself and she was the first dog i actually put in a a competition hunt was it a pkc hunt or a ukc hunt it was a ukc hunt over in bigelow minnesota yeah and my dad didn't, didn't really want me to competition hunt. He didn't think the, he said the dogs I had, they weren't, they weren't really up to competition standard. And I, I believed him and, and whatnot. You know, I, I really didn't think they were that great either, but I, I liked hunting them during the week. You know, I was 15 years old and I mm-hmm. liked, I like treeing coons. I like going out there and listening to the whippoorwills and treeing coons. But, uh, I ended up finding a, I'd always read his bloodline magazines and I read this bloodlines magazine. And I found a hunt that was scheduled in Bigelow, Minnesota. So I told him, I said, I'm going to go hunting over on the Rock River tonight. And this is before I even have a driver's license yet. And yeah. I said, that's fine. I drove over to that hunt. and I didn't really know anything. You know, I knew I had to strike and tree my dog. And that so was you drove all the way over into Minnesota without a driver's license? 
Yeah, I did. It was only about <laughs> it's only about forty minutes from my house. Yeah, but but still. Still, <laughs> was, yeah, it was just uh, it was just down Highway Nine, and I I think I treated that I think I treated her three times in the first ten minutes, <laughs> and uh, I still almost won that cast. I still only lost by a quarter. I treated a lot of coons that night. Yeah. And then I didn't go for I didn't go to one for a long time after that. And then my next hunt I went to was also up there in Bigelow, and I did the same thing. Yeah. And uh, one after that I went to this is this is probably a year later. Well, the one after that I went to was in Primgar, and it was the same type of story. I got beat because I don't know what's going on. And uh, then I didn't go to hunts for a long time after that. Actually, I got in I don't know. They kind of found out about the hunts and everything, and got in a little bit of trouble and everything i just didn't go to much for hunts yeah. after that and uh yeah i didn't go to much for hunts and i ended up getting this dog called owen he was i got him from casey gale he was a little younger at the time i think he was three or four and i started hunting him and the, the deal kind of was that if uh casey didn't come to get him after three or four months that he uh he was mine uh -huh. send the papers on over so i hunted this dog up and he was kind of he was basically like a, a three-year-old pup when i got him you know he yeah. treated coons but he had he needed some hard hunting i don't think he'd ever really had much real hard hunting in big woods so i ended up really pushing his wheels off and everything hunting the hunting the brakes off of him and casey ended up deciding he wanted him back at the end of that time and took him back and i was pretty bummed out i still had annie and i'm sorry english pups but i ended up uh still wanting owen back i really like that dog yeah well i ended up the next year casey decided he didn't hunt him much and he sold him to us just dirt cheap so then i i ended up having owen again and i started taking him to a i didn't take him to hunts right away i got him uh hunted up back in shape and everything and i think this was i still didn't really think he was probably much of a competition dog either and i'm still at the point where i didn't think annie was much of one and looking yeah. back on it, it was just sort of my fault. You know, she would have done just fine around here. Right. But, uh, oh, a friend of mine, Devin Maker, came over and hunted one night in the winter. Mm hmm And he ended up seeing uh, seeing those two. And I said, you know, yeah, they're not much for competition dogs. Well, they both get split and both have coons, you know, in pretty short order. And they got in there quite a ways. And uh, his jaw kind of hits the floor, I think, looking back on it now. And he's like, we probably should take these to some hunts. So then that next spring, he ended up packing me around. You know, I'm still in high school. Yeah. He packed me around to all sorts of hunts, and I ended up making Owen a dual grand in about three months or so. Yeah. And uh, Annie, I had a couple buddies would go with, and they'd handle Annie because she was real easy to call. Had a real easy mouth to hear. What was and, Owen uh, out of? Owen was out of Zach Thomas's Tree Torch and Rock Dog. He, yeah. was a, he was a walker dog, too. And then he was out of a bitch called mississippi valley gidget which was out of wild card i got you so he was he had a lot of nailer in him and then uh on the top side and then he had a lot of uh he had a lot of uh clover on the bottom or clover breeding on the bottom more or less did your dad ever give you a hard time for hunting walker dogs after you guys had had english dogs all this time oh yeah we did <laughs> we we tried we tried out a lot you know we I, I messed with a lot of english pups and i just i couldn't find one that suited me or that i they all just seemed to be missing something and it might have just been the ones i was hunting you know yeah might have been how i was starting them i'm not sure but i couldn't find one that i got along with and he'd give me a hard time for the walker dogs for a while and everything but 
you know, to his credit, the hunts had changed quite a bit since he was hunting in them, you know, just in that short ride, yeah. less than 10 years. The hunts had changed a lot. The caliber of dog it took, it, it changed a lot. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, that was, that was just a lot of it. You know, a lot of the guys that hunt around here, they, uh, oh, they like pleasure hunting. They like, you know, you know, they just like coon hunting in the fall and whatnot. And, you know, they don't, they're not real serious competition hunters that want to go beat the pavement down and, you know, go to a lot of big entry fee hunts. They like going to the local club for the camaraderie, a lot of it. And they just like treeing coons. They'd, they'd rather their dog tree this den tree 300 yards here than tree this this coon in a bush mile across this open field so <laughs> what about understandably uh, if they're oh, understandable yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of times i'd rather tree that den tree 300 yards away than that coon in a bush a mile away too <laughs> yeah absolutely. i see where, i see where they're coming from <laughs> all right there's a lot of people don't like drawing me sometimes just for that reason you know i i usually hunt something that's got a little bit of a motor at least if i'm going to the hunt so <laughs> yeah, you got to to compete at the level that me and you want to compete at i mean that's just part of it oh but, absolutely but i what i usually have i don't I don't need around here yeah you know i could i could be competitive and have probably more fun on these casts with you know just more even more common dog than what i usually pack so <laughs> when did uh when did clyde come around because that's the first time i drew you i think you were hunting clyde i think we drew out at la plate at like the state hunt or something one night yep yeah that was uh that was when I first, uh, that was when I mainly started hunting PKC was when I had Clyde. That's when yeah. I got pretty big into it. And that was in, Clyde was born in 2018. And this is before I knew about super stakes. And this litter just so happened to be born on May 3rd. Yeah. I mean, it was the perfect spring super stakes birthday. I had actually brought that female. My grandpa drove me out to Indiana with that female we bought from Tom Gamble to breed to Paul Gibson's mail. Like he had, like they had mentioned that cross was good. Yeah. So I actually went back out there and with my grandpa and we made that cross and, uh, these pups ended up being born on, on May 3rd. And that was a super stakes cross. And, uh, we thought performance also. Yeah. And that ended up having a, and you know, there was a mess up with that and ended up, they weren't performance, but we, uh, made that cross. They were born on, we had five pups on May 3rd of 2017, right, yeah. right before I graduated high school and that's uh that's how he came about and i ended up i started him a little different than i'd started a lot of pups in the past i just sort of started taking him with let him ride in the front seat while i'd hunt all these other dogs because mm -hmm. back then I would, I would hunt a little bit for the public too back then actually and um uh, i would take him with he'd just hang out in the front seat if he wanted to stand around with me you know he was just two three her two three month old pup he wanted to stand around that was fine well, about the time he was five months, I started losing him once in a while. You know, I never put a tracking collar on him. Yeah. He's just the puppy that's that's walking with, sitting in the front seat. And uh, he ended up uh, just disappear. So I ended up, I just keep hunting right in the area, and I'd find him at some point in the night. And he'd never, he'd never make a peep out there. You know, I never heard him opening. Yeah. Well, then one night, he ended up going and treeing. I was hunting Devin Maker's bandit dog at the time along with a bunch of other ones and uh he ended up just falling treed with him down there in the bottom so then i started putting a track collar on him and i didn't didn't hunt him as didn't hunt him super hard at first because he was only five months old mm -hmm. when he came treed down there but i was taking him a little bit and he was treeing with the other dogs he was wide open on the ground 
and then one night he ended up just falling off tree all by himself um i cut him loose with john vanderweide actually he had two red dogs and i cut loose owen and clyde and uh, owen's getting a little age on him now i think he was eight or nine yeah and i cut those two loose and john cut his two and his two red dogs went one way and owen and clyde went the other and they ended up, you know, they're all just burning something through there. Well, Clyde ended up just sort of splitting off to himself. Owen split off to himself. And uh, Clyde ended up, uh, Clyde ended up, had a coon. I didn't know where he was at first. And he got split off by himself and had a coon. And ever since that day, he had turned basically silent on track. And I don't yeah, know I'll say when I, you said he was wide open when I hunted with him. He didn't hardly say nothing on the ground. No, he never did. I, I, I had a lot of trouble with uh, the UKC hunts back then before the rule change with yeah. uh, Silent Dog, actually, with him. But, uh, no, he ended up treeing that coon, and I went to hunting him hard by himself after that. Um, I put in a lot of really long nights, and this is in the dead of winter up here. You know, it yeah. was, you know, I cut him loose a lot of times, you know, below zero or, you know, below below 10 degrees pretty often. I consider that a good night a lot of the time. Yeah. And, uh <laughs> yeah he uh it gets yeah, below it gets below all... 20 down here i ain't hunting yeah anymore i'm a little wiser and i try not to either but uh no i hunted this dog's wheels off and he was he'd get deep but he wasn't moving in deep fast well with age he just got a little bit quicker a little quicker and i took him out there to baby stakes fully intended on winning that thing and i pleasure hunted the first night out there i got out a little early but pleasure hunted with paul and uh ended up he treed uh he treed two coons that night and then i hunted him another night after that and he never did get treed and it was the same story in baby steaks i took a little minus right out of the truck i think i took a quarter tree minus or something and he just started sailing through the country he was gone yeah and uh i brought him back from that back home and i ended up uh ended up winning the first rqe or first ukc on i put him in it was an rqe at hudson i got high scoring dog at that one when he was 11 months old and after that i put him in a couple of local ukc hunts and uh then i started bringing him to pro classics to try to get his hundred one uh-huh. so i figured you know if, if i'm gonna go to a drive somewhere for a for a hunt you know i don't have any close clubs or i didn't at the time um so i ended up throwing him in some pro classics and i, I lost probably four or five of them you know i just have i had a 12 or 14 month old pup whatever he was when i put him in all of them yeah. so kind of obviously going to lose the pro classics i'm putting him in yeah that's a, that's a tough competition change from your local ukc hunt to a pro classic <laughs> yeah for a young yeah, dog about all i had gone to before that you know i went to a couple of uh back when bayard still had a club that dan clipperton kind of ran I, I took owen down there a time or two and i took uh i took owen to the bear creek for a week and i think i went to maybe one or two added first and i hadn't won a pkc cast you know i was just getting beat yeah and uh it was a different level of competition for me i wasn't really used to it and everything and that's what sort of opened my eyes a little bit to some of these dogs that are out there these days yeah you know, i thought i had a pretty good dog and it, he's just common is what i figured out but uh that's kind of how i ended up figure you know that's kind of how i started the pkc hunt and i went to a couple i got i saw the baby steaks ad i went to a couple with owen and everything and then i when i got fly then i just sort of started hauling him up and down the road to them a little more yeah, and you done and, uh, you ended up doing pretty well with Clyde there before. Uh, yeah, so I ended up. That's I did I did actually do pretty darn good with him, but I didn't. Uh, 
something just i just had a terrible run of luck i felt like i won 72 bucks in peru nebraska when he was about a year and a half and i wasn't going to many open events well then i started going to a lot of open events the spring before his uh super stakes and i could not get that dog's hundred one yeah i just could not do it well i won it i think three days before super stakes i finally won another cast and uh, i had made him grand night that time yeah and you could see well then i ended up could not win his hundred could not win his hundred you know he he was operating right just on the nights that i was hunting ukc hunts though yeah. i mean he would he was he was operating you know if it was an hour hunt i was treating three singles yeah in the early round and i'd treat the only coon we saw late i mean he was looking good the next night at pkc honey just fall apart on me or something it seemed like yeah well i ended up got that 101 and i doubled up on thursday at super stakes uh, i only hunted three nights and the third night i ended up doubling up with him and then that's sort of when it just all changed with him yeah i just went on a tear after that i don't know if it was the age or maturity um shortly after that i did start him on thyroid pills actually that june after his first super stakes but uh went on a pretty good tear with him and everything what happened to clyde he ended up uh he ended up going through the ice on me yeah up here i was hunting in a cast over in centerville south dakota that i was a hunt director at and he went through the ice on me and i never found him again yeah i knew Um, i thought that was what was happening i wasn't sure but i remembered when that happened because uh you think about that that's a dog that you raised that you started from a baby and he rode in the truck with you like you said and you know you got to start the pkc hunts with him and stuff so i mean that's a tough loss that a lot of people wouldn't even try to come back from i don't think i was about ready to i was about ready to quit uh one of the i had a lot of people calling me after that and everything you know i was pretty i was pretty devastated you know i had i had a couple other dogs cranking at the time too but i had uh, lost his mother before that she had a brain aneurysm and died randomly she was eight years old just a random brain aneurysm went to take her hunting one night and she was all stumbling acting goofy and next morning i got her in at the vet bright and early and went to get her and she's dead Hmm. so i had that happen well then i had clyde go through the ice on me and i had figured that out what he had um what he had done he was two and a half when he went through the ice and i never found him again and that was just such a fluke deal too you know, he was, oh, he was two and a half. We went through the ice and, oh, shoot, I, I'm getting sidetracked here. Yeah. So he, uh, that that river that he went through the ice on, it wasn't that deep of a river. And we were crossing back and forth on it yeah. over that ice. That's how thick that ice was. Well, there was one knob sticking up, this little log, and other water rolling over it. He was drifting a track. You could see the coon track about eight yards away. And you could see a couple of his tracks in the ice leading up right to that hole he went through no kidding it was probably a foot and a half wide and maybe eight feet long huh and it was it was a rough deal and that was i actually had a truck ticket on him and for where i'm at to get a truck ticket that is some road work yeah yeah that's a lot of miles i got one i was going for an overall ticket and ended up getting a 30 dollar ticket you know i was going to a lot of 50 dollar hunts too yeah a lot of 30 dollar hunts i was kind of running the state race a little bit you know he he was really on a roll that fall especially and yeah it was right before the truck hunt you know about a month before the truck hunt so i was real bummed about it and uh that was that was pretty rough i had to tell jerry you know yeah you have to go to the next in line yeah. I, was, I held out for a week or two hoping he'd show up somewhere i'm figuring he probably wouldn't but after uh 
after that, I figured out what he had for cast wins. You know, he had a little over 5,001. He had cast wins in, I think, 11 or 12 different states. Um, a lot a lot of states. He had over 5,001 and mostly open events. Yeah. And, you know, Grand Night, he, had, he was over 60 cast wins when he died at two and a half. So well, I, I was really looking forward to his future, but it was just a, a rough deal. Well, when I hunted but, with Clyde, he just seemed real businesslike. He was just going to be through the country tree. Yep. You know, that, and was, that, that was it. And he was probably going to have a coon. And, you know, you could you could beat him because he didn't get struck, but you're going to have to treat just as many coons as he does. Yep. Yeah, that was. And those, that dog, was, those that dogs are hard to beat. Oh, absolutely. He ended up, uh, once I got him started on those thyroid pills, you know, he used to, when he was younger, well, he was young his whole life, but uh, <laughs> when he was real little, he would have to be the, the furthest away to get treat. Yeah. You know, he'd have to be ahead of everything. But when he was starting to get a little older, he was treeing behind dogs. Yeah. And, you know, he was he was silent, so, you know, nothing was nothing was on him. Right. So that ended up working out pretty good for, for him and, and for me. I know that, but, uh, that Con was – people don't believe how much Con barks on the ground when you turn him loose by himself. He barks a lot. He's he's pretty wide open, dog that barks plenty. But you turn him loose in a crowd, and he won't say a word either. Yep. I'd say that was probably part of Clyde's shutting up too is you know them dogs that want to naturally be alone and they got some brains uh, they're going to figure out that the more noise they're making the more they got stuff coming into them it probably was a lot of it yeah he um, yeah he was wide open and I think it, I think what happened was he just sort of figured out that he could find he could get up closer on coons and you know be you know get up closer to him yeah he wasn't open too he might have had a little bit of that in him yeah yeah but, you bet no, he ended up, he was about stone silent on the ground and everything when I was running him to all those hunts. And I had some trouble in the UKC hunts with that. And, you know, that was, a, I don't know, once I made him grand, there just wasn't a whole lot for me there. I think I took him to zones twice also, and I couldn't win a cast with him out there either. Yeah. But, uh, no. After uh, after he went through the ice, he ended up, you know, I, I didn't hunt for quite a while after that probably a month or two and everything and i started getting some pups trying to get them started and everything and i wasn't having much luck with the pups i'd get some that would tree a coon but it'd just be quirky not my style and whatnot and i had another pup um it was the only male dog out of owen and annie i actually crossed them once mm -hmm. um and they were a little younger than clyde he was the only male pup, and he was basically a good training tool is what he was because he barked every breath on the ground. He was just louder and heck, yeah. and uh, he was real hard treat up, but he'd get treat all the time. I mean, you cut him on a fence row and everything where there had been a lot of coon scent, he was going to treat every minute for yeah. sure, if not faster. And uh, he was just a good training tool for putting pressure on pups is kind of why he was still around. Yeah. Well, one night I was trying to put some pressure on this female, and uh, he slips off behind and trees a coon. And after that, he just always treed coons. Really? It's really odd deal. Yeah, he his uh, he only had I'd only sent in PKC papers on him, and his name was Owen again, is what I named him. I called him Junior. Yeah. And uh, we'd throw him in for a cast filler once in a while at the our local hunts or the hunts that I have up at Inwood there. And uh, yeah, we'd throw him in for a cast filler once in a while. I think he had like a hundred dollars one on him. Well, then I started pushing him in some hunts once I got him right. You know, he was he was the kind he was just going to be what he was going to be. You know, he was too stupid to take any correction <laughs> for anything. Or he was going to be what he was going to be. If he wanted to burn that deer for two hours, he was going to do it, and you weren't stopping him. Yeah. If he wanted to treat that house cat, you weren't stopping him. 
but uh he was just luckily naturally pretty good with recutting and he was pretty good about tree and coons after that one day and i don't know what switched in him but something did and then i started pushing him around a little bit and i had won about a thousand dollars on him you know a couple of cast wins from other people too that were handling him yeah and uh i went to haul him out to the labor day classic mind you this is about six months after clyde died i went to haul him out to the labor day classic I get out there and he is all messed up. He's all stiff legged and everything. And he just, you know, he can't hardly walk, nothing. And uh, I ended up getting him to a vet out there and it ended up, it wasn't blastomycosis, but it was something like it that we have up here. Yeah. That's extremely rare and more, more aggressive. And he was, I put him down three days later. No kidding. So that was another one I had a real bad string of luck with. And then, oh, and he just died of old age then shortly after that. And yeah, it was, it was something. Is, did Hawk come by right after that? Yeah, it was, uh, it might have, I'm trying to think, I might have been right before that even. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was right after, right before I was getting to the point. It had to have been right after because I was getting to the point where I was about, I was about ready to quit. I was just sick with my horrible string of luck I'd had over that month or two. I was just about sick over it and I was getting fed up and I ended up, I had actually met Mike Gilbert at the Labor Day Classic and I was explaining what Clyde was out of and I had to always specify that he was out of a bitch out of the doctor. Yeah not the witch doctor or anything like that just silver champion doctor yeah. and mike's like oh i know i i've i had that dog and he was hunting pack again that night that i drew him and we had a good hunt i think i ended up winning that cast with clyde but uh you know my mike's dog looked real good too and i ended up uh calling him up after i was having that bad string of luck and i ended up uh getting uh going out there actually and i looked at josie yeah josie was the one i wanted to buy and you know i didn't have near enough money yeah. And whatnot. <laughs> yeah. but uh i went to go back out there at a later date to throw a down payment on him if they'd let me and just look at him again and i was actually hunting hawk's brother little did i know i didn't know this at this time i was hunting hawk's brother out there for paul wagner at the P pkc black and tan days yeah or i wasn't even necessarily hunting him for paul um, I was trying him out and he was, he was a nice common dog, just not what I wanted to pack up and down the roads. And I wanted to take him out there cause I just liked that hunt Yeah. and me and a friend were going out there. So figured I'll take that dog. And I ended up getting in the final four one night with him. You know, he was just a nice common coon treer. He was a full litter mate to Hawk though. Yeah. Little did I know at this time, but when I went down to Mike and Chuck's after the, after black and tan days, they uh mike had changed his mind on selling josie didn't want to sell him anymore well, they showed me hawk then and uh i liked him so i ended up going back home getting some cash rounded up and going out right before his senior super stakes and buying him yeah and uh it took a little bit of adjusting for him to get used to me you know he's he's a little bit of a one-man dog not so much a one-man dog but he wanted to make sure i was all right before he really started really started doing it i think yeah and, uh i had him for a couple months and we started running up and down to some pro classics and he was started doing pretty good for me and you know i had a couple so i had junior and clyde i think they both had well, i know clyde had a national ticket and junior was right on his way to one 
and I was really wanting to go to nationals and I never got to go with either of them. And I ended up deciding I wanted to make a Hawk a gold champion before nationals. And he had just over 5,001 on him at this time mm. was all. And, you know, it hadn't been any open money. So, you know, I wasn't in the top 10 of the state or anything. Right. So I couldn't go for that. So that's when I ended up going down to that hunt in Texas. We almost didn't get our 5,000 one down there. We had a judge that, uh, that was blind. <laughs> Why don't you tell that story, Wyatt? Because I've said, I think I've talked about it on here before. Yeah, but, uh, well. <laughs> you know, I get, we, I get a little grief from, about that about every time you see me. <laughs> so. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a close one. It, it was. Uh, I was the first dog treating in this cast. I struck for a quarter. And uh, there's dogs split a tree or two away from him. Uh, some Something Mark Gilmore was hunting at the time. I know he didn't stick with it very long, but something that Mark Gilmore was hunting at the time for Ike Rainey. Yeah. And uh, I think we also had Zach Burden with legs in that cast. This yep. is the late round. My early round, I treed one coon, and that was enough. That was the only coon we scored. Right. And uh, that, that late round, or that, that early round, I mean, that was the only coon we scored. Well, that late round, I was the first dog treated and I was way through there. And so was, so was everybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he ended up, I found his coon a couple minutes in just up in the first floor, just all balled up up there and I guess coon right here. I got it and everything. And golly, my judge just winder in the back. He would not believe me. He's saying he's going to minus this tree. And I'm like, I'm about mm. sick. No, I'm, that's not actually how it went. You could, <laughs> it took me a while to even find that coon, and then when I did, I knew that was fur. Yeah, I could see what yep. you were seeing, you know, yep. and then we just couldn't get it to move. We were beating on the tree and stuff, and those coons down there are so small. There was that little nest there. I was. I was going to minus it. I told you I was going to minus it. I said, oh, yeah. Wyatt, you're going to have to show me someplace coon can hide. And you said that nest. I said, I can see both sides of that nest. And uh, uh, that, that's those coons down there are pretty small. They they're are. smaller than what we're used to. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I, I was this close <laughs> to minus, and I went ahead and circled it against my better judgment. And then we went over to Squall. Uh, well, Mark's dog jealous tree there right next to you, but it had a hole in it. Yeah. And we were squalling that hole. Man, that coon popped up and looked at us. <laughs> I was sick. Yep. I was sick too. I had put that entry on a credit card, actually. <laughs> so I was sick too. <laughs> oh man, I got like thirty five dollars if I if I uh, can't pay off this credit card too. <laughs> oh heavens! Thankfully, yeah. thankfully Hawk went through there because we never. That was the only coon we treated, and it got circled. I know, and I ended up treating that other uh, that other den. Mm -hmm. You know, legs had a den, and then uh, he never did get treated again. Mark's dog ended up. I think he made a bad tree. Yeah, and see, there's Luckily, the thing is Mark <laughs> after. <laughs> In his tree, I minus it, and Mark's throwing a fit because he's like, "Man, you he goes, you circled that other tree had a coon in it." He goes, "You can't see nothing. How are you minusing this tree? There could be a coon in it too." <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty memorable one. You know, I wasn't even mad at you. I was I was just sick. Well, I said Wyatt to your credit that someone took a bad break like that, and it, you were, I know you were sick. I was sick for you. I didn't like it either, uh, and but. Five minutes later, you were your same jovial self, and you know it all ended. Yeah. It all worked out, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, trying to make the best of it when I figured yeah. I'd 
hopefully just tree another coon. It made me feel a little better when the mother dogs had some dens too. Just saying, well, mine's just got to tree another one, which yeah. is a little easier said than done down there in Texas that time of the year. Yeah, it was it was tougher down there tree and coons, and especially at that spot we were at, it's full of coons. But when it gets a little chilly down there, those coons don't move at all. Yep. Yeah, it just shows a little bit how they move different in different parts of the country. Yeah, I don't think legs uh, legs made one bad tree, and that was it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Clifford's dog probably, he was sitting under a coon, but we never could hear him. Yeah, he is back the other way. I don't yeah. know, did he even get, was he even struck? No, I think he was struck in, but we never. Uh, he got struck oh, in, and then we all walked away from him to those other three that were trailing down through there to split distance. And then you got treed, and we never, ever, every time we would go back to walk towards Clifford's dog to split distance. Oh, no, he never got struck in. We never even could walk to him. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that I think that is right. Yeah, no, he never he never once. Yep, he never once got struck in, and he was in there treed the whole time under a coon. That's a good dog. Yeah. I knew I figured he had a coon, but there wasn't nothing we could yeah. do about it. I remembered you saying that that was a pretty good dog earlier yeah. on in the night. Well, he'd but, beat me. He'd beat me that night in the early round treed three coons and looked good. Yep. So you remember that night when uh, so I saw the sun was coming up when I was walking out of there. I had to go way through there to get my dog. Yeah, and. uh sun was coming up i got back to the truck you're still waiting making sure i got out of there all right and i was giving you a hard time about wanting one of them big show sweatshirts yeah that you had. <laughs> and uh so i don't have any more i said well, you're wearing one and you ended up giving me that sweatshirt i, I wore that final you, four pictures yeah you wore it in the pictures <laughs> of everything four, top 12 yeah that was my yeah. favorite sweatshirt too yeah no, i still got it <laughs> i figured i owed you after circling your coon Yep, that's what I was sort of going for, hoping I could get one for that. Yeah. So that made that made him a gold champion that night. Didn't that cash pay five grand? Yeah, it did. Yep, yeah. that one paid five grand, and then the next night it was really hot down there. Actually, yeah, it did. It it got real hot. It was seventy five degrees or something like that. Yep, I think that's uh that was probably so that that next night I drew. I think it was Heartland Bonnie. Owen Shelby was our judge. Um, I think it was one of Heartland Bonnie's first big hunts. Yeah. Thunderbird's Dominator. Yeah. One of his first big hunts also, I believe. I think so. And then uh, a flip-flop dog. Um, yeah. I think dog. Yeah. Yep. And that's, uh, that was our cast. And I ended up catching a catching a bad one there. Which I was just happy to be there at that point. Yeah. But everything's opening on the ground, flying to the right. You know, I don't know if they were running something fast or a hot track or what it was. I think it was probably just a hot coon track. Well, Hawk ended up bopping in there to the left about 50 yards, and he opens up, and I struck him for 100 in the minute. He opens about four or five times and just drives that track silent about 400 yards and loads up tree. Well, I got minus. Yeah. Which he had, you know, Owen had to do. Yeah. That's a bad. That's a bad rat. thing about a dog that doesn't say much on the ground is you got to be real careful under that minute. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. He, and I, I know that's what he did on that one, but yeah, so I had to re-strike for a quarter and tree for a hundred on that. And that's what, it, that's, we, we scored another coon, but a lot of dogs took some minus, but I sat on 25 plus all night. And then when the hunt ran out, you know, there was still pending trees and everything. Yeah. I don't know how it exactly would have played out, but I ended up, uh, he came treed right there about three, four minutes after the hunt was up, but he was moving around. Sorry. He didn't deserve that cast win. <laughs> Mine didn't. So, <laughs> Well, tell me about tell me about the, your run at the UKC World Hunt because uh, I mean 
the young guns were in that other than Kurt. You know, there's a lot of young guys. How old are you, Wyatt? I'm 23. Yeah, I see. I thought you were 22 or 23. I couldn't remember. You're still a young man. And, uh, you know, Tyler, he's not very old. Jeremiah Roller and Kurt were in the cast. It sounds like you guys had a fantastic time. I mean, you kind of caught a bad break. Hawk got out of pocket, but that's part of it. But tell me yeah. about tell me about the run through zones and then going out into the top 100. Um. So, the first night out there at zones, see, I I had just hired him on the thyroid pills about four or five days prior. I mean, I mean, he was looking terrible, Josh. He was he was looking awful, and he was leaving some trees, locating and leaving treat a couple slicks and i mean just stuff that was just so odd for him i had him at the vet and they probably thought i was a hypochondriac about my dog <laughs> at that vet and i they said he's perfectly healthy there's nothing wrong with him i said well let's test him for all this stuff and i ended up having blood sent to several different colleges yeah and uh negative for all the major tick diseases negative on heartworms they couldn't find anything as cbc test for his white blood cells that was good mm-hmm and uh, the only thing wrong was his thyroid was low, and I knew it would probably be low. And I figured there was something underlying also, but I couldn't find anything with that. And there, or the test didn't show anything for that, and his vitals were all good and everything else. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll start feeding him them pills. I've done it before with the dog. So uh, yeah. that's actually what I ended up doing. I just started giving him the pills uh, twice a day. You know, I'd, I'd been through it with Clyde, so I started giving him the pills twice a day, and Put him in our. Oh, we, I put him in a hunt on Wednesday over here at my place, and I had just gone to a double header that I was helping with down in Magnolia, Iowa, actually. Uh-huh. And he uh, he looked bad down there too. And this was the Saturday before the zones. Then I got the results on Monday. Started him on the pills. Wednesday I had a PKC hunt at my place or my my parents' place. That's my my club that I run. All right. And uh, I started him on them. And he, uh, he looked pretty good there, actually. I uh, ended up getting beat still, but he treed two coons. And we ended I didn't hunt him again until Friday and everything, which that's another deal I probably should clarify a little bit. I was hunting him really hard leading up to that, and he was doing bad. You know, yeah. He was in shape, but he wasn't treeing coons. Not very many, anyways. And, uh, yeah, that Friday I get out there, and I didn't have much of expectations for him you know i was hoping those pills would be kicking in by then but i didn't figure they would be i didn't figure his thyroid thyroid would be up at all and uh i ended up uh drew out with chad shema with uh this uh a blue a big country dog called mongo mongo yeah yeah yep and uh i drew tim nathy and his dog's name was adley and then i drew drew the uh baby stakes champion tom brislon he's bought uh, that straight flush dog yeah. from spurlock yeah i drew those three and uh we cut loose and i strike for 100 in the minute we cut down this tree line that goes into a big river bottom i strike for 100 a little bit left-handed in the minute and that adley dog actually shoved one up me pretty bad there yeah. on the edge of that cornfield um she she treed one there and hawk sort of opened a little bit around there and he you knew it was the same track and she just beat him to it and he ended up just rolling on down the tree line a ways and hitting that river bottom mm-hmm. is what he did well uh flush got a piece of that coon and then mongo's treed about two three trees away and i'm thinking this dog is jealous treed well he had a coon too yeah over there so we pulled them all off those trees and uh cut them loose and i tree hawk in there we go in he's got a coon but on the way to him the other dogs uh 
flush had treed and adley had treed and we walked right by and and everything and i mean it was it was a good tree they had to have had one there yeah and we get in there to hawk he's about a thousand from there and i get him recut and he only goes about 700 yards seven eight hundred maybe and he gets treated again but i can't hear him i never even heard him struck and uh we we're just in a kind of a bad spot for him we get yeah. back there and the dogs both ended up leaving that tree and all three of the other dogs in the cast swam the river and i'm still sitting there i can't hear hawk you know i'm still leading this cast with 225 plus and i can't hear hawk at all yeah we tried listening and we couldn't hear him couldn't hear him a lick and i i, I thought i heard him a couple times and nobody else really did and i'm like well i'm not gonna try pitching him in there i guess i'm i'm winning you know no use on trying to talk him into hearing mm-hmm. but then all three of them dogs get split treed across that river is what ended up happening and they're right in the middle of this village up there in wisconsin across yeah. this river and they had just had a pile of rain so that river's rushing so we yeah. got to walk to the closest bridge well, at this point, we're probably about a thousand yards from Hawk, and we're probably only four or five hundred from these dogs. But we got to walk all the way around to this bridge. Well, that entails walking straight away from Hawk still. So we get up on this hill. At that point, we stop and listen. All three of the dogs are treed in, all split across the river there, and in town. And uh, I ended up a tree and Hawk, or striking a tree and Hawk. We get up on top of this hill, and you could hear him pretty good actually. And he was over a mile away at this point you could hear him pretty good from up there mm-hmm. so i struck and treated him went and handled him you know he had been treated over an hour by the time i got to him and we waited there for another hour and a half while those guys had walked around to the closest bridge and then they had a bunch of trouble with cops coming into their tree you know, coming in there people calling the cops and everything and they got into didn't you know, actually get into any trouble but you know yeah. they had to get the dogs out and they had to talk to the cops and everything and uh they come back around and i didn't need a coon i just needed a circle and i ended up having another coon over there Yeah and uh ended up working out for me well i'm i was thinking at that point that 375 plus you know i've hunted that wisconsin zone before and i've seen 175 plus single cast score get through yeah so you're feeling pretty good i was feeling really good yeah i thought i had it won or I, i thought i was advancing with that single score well the next night i ended up drawing out with chad shima again with mongo and uh, Tim Nathy with that Adley dog again. Uh-huh. That very next night. And uh, I ended up there. There's another blue dog in the country, or n- another blue dog in the cast, and he had a big motor on him. I don't know what he was out of. He wasn't out of country or anything. He was yeah. a little older dog. But I don't remember that fella's name or the dog's name. But he was also in that cast. That was, but, yeah, I had two of the same guys from the night before. And... Uh, we cut loose in there and hawk opens about three four times right at about 50 seconds in in the minute and i'm not going to strike him just in case and uh, i end up right after the minutes up i take third strike yeah so i'm like well crap there i did it to myself i hope that i don't regret that later is what i was thinking and i was still going to try to win the cast but i just really didn't want to draw a minus was kind of my goal in that Mm -hmm. cast well, the Mongo dog, he gets out of the cornfield here. I mean, we got a nice big spot here. It's a pretty steep hillside, but big woods with a creek on the bottom and some fields and, you know, field on the top, nice big hillside, big woods, you know, plenty of room for the dogs. I had, I had good guys both nights out there, I thought. Yeah. You know, they put us in big enough woods, I felt like. But uh, anyways, Mongo gets out of the corn, and 
he uh he taps around on this tree and he rolls out of there and he's checking around a bit and then hawk gets out of the corn and he taps around on this tree too but right in the same area and then he ends up moving out of there and uh then adley comes out of the corn and she nails this tree and uh believe it or not i actually ended up getting a quarter on that tree i did i couldn't believe it myself but hawk ended up going back in there really and everything yeah he did he ended up going back in there to it and i i, I couldn't believe it i think i've seen him maybe once or twice since i've owned him is all yeah you know have that happen where i don't take a hunter or a 125 in this case i mean and uh yeah she, they ended up uh we found the coon it took quite a while we found the coon so then i'm sitting at 75 plus and adley's sitting at 150 mongo's still carrying a hundred strike and the other blue dog's carrying 75 and we haven't heard that other blue dog in quite a while but we walk up a bit and we hear mongo so we get recut and uh adley kind of hangs around fairly close a little bit that's tim's dog she hangs around fairly close and gets struck and then i get struck for 50 a little further down and he he ends up didn't really stick with that one well then mongo comes treed through there quite a ways well we get in there to him and while we're shining i hear hawk treed so i treed for 125 and uh, he was down at the bottom of this hill he's only probably three four hundred yards from mongo mm-hmm. well mongo's got a coon well then Ad- adley's there for 75 with hawk and uh, we go down there they got a coon and we recut off that or we got to pull off of that one and uh, we hear the other blue dog treeing through there and he trees it in and this dog had gone a long ways from where we cut i've never seen blue dogs with motors like i did that weekend yeah the mongo and that uh whatever that other dog was i can't remember his name but they they you know some of the nicer blue dogs i've seen before by all accounts mongo's a pretty good one he was down at strickland's for a while strickland said he was a good one chris powell said he was a good one there's a lot of guys that like that dog I liked him a lot. He's probably probably one of the nicer blue dogs I've ever seen for yeah. sure. Probably definitely in the top five, if not the nicest. You know, yeah. he he looked good. He actually did. He looked real good. And uh, we recut off that, and I ended up uh, I ended up treeing for 125 up on that hillside, and he was by himself up there. We get to that other blue dog, and he's got a coon. Well, Mongo's treat again, and Hawk had a coon. Mongo had a coon, and that tied us up. But I had him beat on on tiebreaker. Yeah, how it ended up going so got pretty uh pretty fortunate there and everything what about down in, what about down in tennessee how'd that go yeah that's the first time hawk had ever been cut down in tennessee and i was pretty worried right away going down there about getting room and everything you know yeah. it was real hot on wednesday when i got there what was the temperature so in wisconsin down. compared to tennessee oh wisconsin we probably had some it was probably 50 degrees or so in the at night when we were hunting 50 yeah. or 60 maybe it wasn't it wasn't too hot of a day either of the days out there yeah but yeah tennessee was a hunter the first day when i got down there yeah that's a big switch for a dog yeah it, it really was but he uh we didn't have to hunt in that luckily that would have been terrible but uh we ended up uh the next day it ended up being pretty good weather actually so that worked out all right for yeah. us uh, but yeah i got him in the ac and he just hung out in the room for the first day and then it was pretty cool the next day so that was pretty good to get him outside on the grass a little right. bit but that night we uh i'm trying to think who we drew out with we actually drew out with uh dustin stewart and rocket collector yeah he was right close uh he actually he doesn't live close to me i mean close in my book but not close <laughs> yeah. in anybody's book he's about four hours away and i've never hunted with the dog but 
a few people have told me, you know, a few people that know what I like, but they said that he's your kind. Yeah. You know, low, lower strike dog is good about having coons, moves around good. And, uh, yeah, I ended up going, uh, let's see, who the heck else was it? It was uh, Outlaw Boomer was the other one, that young black and tan that, oh, Aaron Walken owned it. I can't remember the guy's name that had him out there that had bought him that was hunting him. Yeah. But I drew out with him, and then there was an English dog, and I don't remember that that dog or the handler's name either sorry i'm bad about this but it's <laughs> all right <laughs> i end up boomer takes a first strike to the left and then hawk takes a second strike to the right when the minute's up and everything um he opened a few times he ran a pretty good little track and just come treed and uh, nothing else had even struck yet and i treed for 125 well then the english dog come running by us and then she runs straight in there towards hawk and i'm thinking huh that thing's going to cover hawk well, she sure didn't. She blew right past him and treated on her own. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, this, this English dog means business and everything. And uh, we get in there. Hawk's got a coon, and I recut him. The English dog has a coon. And then Boomer, he's starting to go around to the south, and then Rocket gets struck into the south for uh, 25. So, you know, we got all the dogs moving that way now, which is the way that I had initially been taken off towards. And yeah. I don't get struck in for quite a while after that. And uh, the English dog gets treed again, and I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. Well, she had a big persimmon tree, and we ended up finding a possum in it. Yeah. And uh, she got scratched. And I think there's I, – I really do think there's probably a pretty good chance that she was smelling the coon scent, and that possum just so happened to be there. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Um, I think that there's a pretty good chance that's what happened, but I, I don't know for sure. I don't know the dog. You Just never know about persimmon trees. Persimmon trees are poison to everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how that ended up going. Well, then Rocket's treat at that point. We go down to him, and he's got a coon. Well, we pull off of that, and uh, I was struck in at this point for 25. And Boomer ends up coming treated fairly close to us. Well, I could hear Hawk, and he's locating, and I treat him. So the guide went with me to handle my dog, and we wait there. It's a big big tree down in this cypress bottom and uh boomer ended up leaving that tree i guess so they come to score me and we find the coon and i i recut off of that and boomer's treat again we get up there and he's circled well i had struck while we're shining his tree i wasn't too far away yet but then after i struck he starts you know sinking into the country a ways yeah and when we pull off of Boomer's tree to get him recut, we start the eight, and then right away Rocket breaks it. He comes treed the opposite direction of where Hawk was going. So uh, he recuts Boomer, and uh, we go in there to Rocket. And on the way there, he had called and said that he had treated him in again, uh, the Boomer dog. And he went back to handle him, and he said that he left. So he grabbed him, and he was leaving. And everything he had withdrawn is what he'd said. Yeah. Called the judge and everything, and. We get in there to rock it, and he's got a coon up a bush. He did a nice job on that one. And we're the only two dogs left in the cast at this point, but there's about 20 minutes left, and we got to go to where we last heard Hawk start the eight. So it was a long walk back to where I struck him, and there's three, four minutes left, maybe two, three even was all. And uh, we heard him treed through there, and we cut him loose, and or cut Rocket loose, and he didn't get struck. And in that few minutes so i never did have to tree in again yeah so i ended up winning that cast with just the two coons and then he had another one through there but 
winning with the two coons there. And then I got to give a shout out to our guide on that cast. He, um, he drove around and, and everything. And his brother brought a side-by-side -side down to him. And they drove that side-by-side -side into that WMA ground, got within a couple hundred yards of Hawk's Tree to nice. pick us up. And they had cold waters for us when we got back there. So <laughs> yeah. that was a... That was service right there. Yeah, you need to give <laughs> give them a tip. Give them your sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have. I should have. If I was wearing one, I probably would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about but, your yeah, next? So what about your next cast? How did it go? Um. So there ended up only being twenty three cast winners. Yeah. Um. Out of the twenty six, there should be. There's a few dead casts. It was pretty tough hunting down there. You know, yeah. we were fortunate enough to get a good guy and had some pretty good dogs. We scored four or we scored five coons in our cast. But then the next night, I drew out with Logan Rose with Echo. Um, there was a black and tan dog in that cast, too. And then who was the odd? Uh, uh, Jack Jack Bingham, uh, Jersey Girl dog. Yeah. Uh, Justin Boblet was hunting her. Yeah. So I drew out with them, and I ended up taking last strike. Um, they all took off pretty hard and hot on something and then it sort of died out on him and this black dog he stayed there pretty close to the trucks where the trap kind of blown up on him it seemed like almost and echo and jersey sort of kept going quite a ways and then hawk ended up working the same way they were but in a different area and he came treed so i treed him and uh, we go in there and i've got a coon well then the black and tan comes treed so we go to him and he's circled well, I had struck in the meantime, and he recuts the black and tan, and I mean, we had nothing going on for the next over an hour. Yeah, we Those maybe so moved boring. two three. Oh yeah, we we maybe moved two three hundred yards closer to the dogs. Uh, Jersey was really good about keeping the strike open for us because if it was if it was the other three of us struck in, you know, that eight probably would have caught us at some point. Yeah, and which we all ended up getting struck in, and this dogs had tracks blowing up on them, and Echo he ended up blowing out of the country. Um, he ended up opening up on this hedgerow and I thought he's going to nail one right there and then I'm going to need to tree another one. And he just opened a bit and he kept rolling on and, uh, he just got, I think he ended up about four miles away, three or four miles away when Jeez. Logan went to go get him actually. <laughs> and, uh, so that was a bad break for them. Well, Jersey, she carried a hundred strike in that, in the beans about all night. Well, there's about 13 minutes left in this cast and I'm feeling pretty good about my 150 plus, you know, I'm not too worried with how this cast is going, you know, yeah. about something else treeing. Cause that black and tan, he had struck through there and he'd come running fairly close to us, you know, not right by us, but he was running an edge sort of, sort of past us, you know, just looking for another track. It sounded like, and well, my dog starts running down this edge right towards us with about 20 minutes left or so. And he gets out He gets out about 200 yards away, and he opens in this bean field after a little bit. And he opens about five or six times, and he just inhales a tree about 200 yards from us. And uh, Brandon Barry was the judge. Yeah. And uh, I about puke when he does that. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's only room for error at this yeah. point. And I, I about puke and everything, and they're all laughing at me because, in mean, the way he did it, you, you know he had that coon. Yeah. And I let him run the stationary for about a minute and a half, and I tree him in, and we go in there, and he's got a coon and everything, and uh, nothing else. You know, I ended up having to recut with five minutes and then had to run him down later on. But, uh, yeah, they ended up uh, 
nothing else to treat a coon and I, I treated those two there so that went pretty good well then we had that deal where there was a dead cast in those last six casts yeah so we ended up deciding so they proposed us this idea us five cast winners they proposed us the idea of um they proposed us the idea of drawing and whatnot for a four dog final four you know they had a lot wrapped up into the production of the yeah yeah i think they, i think show. they made the right decision that was about the only thing you could do they, there they did and they said they brought up the point that you know there's a decent chance the way these casts came in you know there's a lot of casts one coon scored in the whole cast and that yeah. was the winner you know there there wasn't many coon scored on that friday night right and um they said that you know, if we've crowned the world champion tonight, you know, if there happens to be a dead cast, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make the whole coon hunting world pretty mad. I think that's what they said. Yeah, no, I think they, they, they made the it. right call there. I do too. I really do. Uh, that ended up working out pretty good for for us. We all ended up drawing those cards then, and you know, there's a couple of us were a little leery at first, but we ended up just sort of thinking it through and like, well, we got a 60% chance of not having to hunt tonight, or we can just have a 100% chance of knowing we're gonna hunt tonight so for our late round so we just sort of decided unanimously everyone everyone agreed to it and everything and you know they got it all on video and everything trevor did yeah and uh we ended up drawing out a, a one so we didn't have to hunt till the next night so we we got through to theirs as well as you know jeremiah and tyler yeah so then yeah. kurt and uh, bryce matthews had to go out and hunt late and kurt ended up uh getting it done there but you could really tell the next night whitey was whitey was pretty tired yeah he had that extra round you know that's hard on a dog have to hunt an extra late round but you know that that whitey's a good coon dog and you guys there were four really good dogs in that final cast oh I'm, I absolutely mean, there those were those are real talented coon tree and dogs i've hunted with three of them and i'm guarantee you the fourth one probably is too so yeah uh, you know they're tough to beat even a, even a tired whitey is tough to beat Mm-hmm. you know so uh i think the yep. whole the whole it looked like on the live feed and all that stuff of course everybody that's listening to this probably watched a lot of that coverage if you haven't seen the coverage of that go to ukc's youtube channel it was fantastic uh as they always do they always do a fantastic job with that but it looked like mm -hmm. hawk just just left just left the country yep. is that pretty much what happened it, it, it is yeah so um and Jen, when jenna took off barking and whatnot he just sort of him and sleepy both they just sort of road raced down that path then yeah. Is what they basically did you know everything ended up getting struck in through there and uh we got up there and the eight caught us after we scored jenna and whitey's tree and what it, what had happened was hawk had run off so a lot of the good timber was to the east and we figured dogs would break off this path and yeah. uh, they, they not uh sleepy and hawk just burnt down it and they got split up from each other and uh, sleepy ended up curling back around towards this little little tree row that went off of it off of this big woods to the north and hawk shot right off the end of it and he kept going and there wasn't a tree for probably nearly two miles yeah. after that and uh it was just it was a bad break well we got to the eight was running on jenna and whitey they restruck for 175 and the eight was running on them and i was thinking i was hearing him so i asked and then a couple of the cast members thought they were hearing him and so did the so did the judge so i said well strike and tree him so that ended up breaking the other dogs eight and then we walked out of this hole that we were in up onto the levees and when we got up there they put the two on me and i don't think i i don't think i probably was hearing him to yeah. tell you the truth yeah but 
you know, it ended up working out real good because then, you know, the rest of the guys got up there to where they could all hear their dogs and, you know, have a good cast and everything up there hearing the dogs. And, you know, I didn't have anything to lose at that point because I had fourth locked up. So yep. it yep. worked out and we could hear them real good when we got up to the edge there. You know, that would have worked out all right for me. But, you know, we, we didn't and that still worked out just fine. You know, I still took fourth and I would have withdrawn a lot sooner. But Whitey was trailing around back towards the truck. Uh, and I didn't want to walk up on him until right. they got him and got him handled. So I, I stuck with the cast and Jenna looked, Jenna looked phenomenal. She, she looked did. great. And yeah. They, they all, you know, they, I think, I think that cast could go a different way any night, you know, yeah. if we hunted it over and over again, but it was, it was Jenna's night, you know, she got in the good woods and she was operating and, you know, I've, I've hunted with Jenna a lot and, you know, she, a lot of the time I've hunted with her, it's been in nasty conditions and, you know, she goes like crazy, but. You know, she she went plenty that night, but she was she got in the coons and she she put on a real good show. I I was real happy for Tyler. What about uh, future plans for you and Hawk? What hunt are you guys planning on attending? I assume you're going to be out at Salem next week. Yep, I'm planning on it. Um, I've taken off a little bit too much time with work. Well, I don't know about too much time, but <laughs> I say is that I even possible? My uncle and a buddy of mine. <laughs> yeah, I work for my uncle and a buddy of mine. We put in garage doors, so you know they're yeah. pretty understanding yeah. of. Uh, of the coon hunts you know they've they've both coon hunted quite a bit so they're pretty understanding of that and everything and i'd like to make it out to youth worlds i've judged the last couple or few years out there and i'd like to make it out i don't think i'm going to be able to do it this year you know i try to get caught up a little bit this year on or try to get caught up a little bit more with work before i take off you know i haven't got a lot of hours in for the last few weeks so (laughs) but yeah i'm planning on being out at salem and everything and We'll see how that goes. I'm kind of curious to see if uh, see who's going to be showing up out there this year. You know, I think some of the guys might not from that zone deal that some guy recommended. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to get a zone <laughs> up there closer to you. Yeah, I wanted to, to see one in La Plata. I yeah. probably would have gone in La Plata. I think La Plata but, was just a little too close uh, to Salem, you know. But I th- I wanted to have it up there, uh, Western Iowa somewhere. You know, something yeah. like that where all them Western States guys can, can not have to drive so far. But, you know, the PKC will move them around, I'm sure. Maybe we'll get one over that way next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I, I like going out for that week of the world hunt, though. That's a, that's a fun vacation. You know, it's usually right after harvest and everything for us. So it's a good time to wind down and go out there and have a good time with everybody. I really enjoy that hunt. Um, That's that's one I'm definitely planning on. And I, I saw that... uh the 2500 in arkansas another one of those shootout style hunts that they're doing yeah so i'm uh i'm planning on going to that also um and definitely nationals next year and i'm hoping to have this uh the hawk pup i've got now cranking pretty good for super stakes um my dad has a pup out of hawk right now out of hawk and uh and uh pox yeah small pox dog that sears and bingham used to own and everything and uh i've got or my dad's got that pup out of there he's got his hundred one he's got a hawk and fox and then i have one out of uh oh he's out of he's out of darren DeGroat's dog and everything yeah and uh darren darren's got a bitch that's out of mafia and maxine um he had a litter mate back in the day and ended up buying this one dirt cheap out of arkansas and it's actually a really nice really nice female um, yeah, them dogs, them dogs would have some age on them now out of Moff and Maxine. Yeah, they're getting they're getting up there, but you know that whole cross ended up turning out pretty good, and I I believe. You yeah, know, Maxine I, was a good female. Moffy was a good reproducer. Oh, absolutely. I've 
and I, I like I like a lot of that stuff. You know, I like a lot of that doctor breeding and all that stuff from out in Indiana. You know, yeah. stuff Mike and Chuck are usually pushing, and you know, obviously I went and bought one from them. But uh, <laughs> I also <laughs> really like it. I also really like a lot of the shack dogs and the mafia dogs that I've hunted with or hunted. Yeah, I do too. But I get a hunt down here where I'm at. I I run into a lot of them, and you run into a lot of good dogs. I hunted with. Uh, Vic Hurley's got one out of shack called Joe. I hunted with down there pleasure hunting before zones. That's a good dog. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of good dogs out there. The that red that English female crossed on shack. Uh, the one Ty Anderson has the dice dog, and yeah, uh, Justin Parker has another one down there. Littermate uh, brother to it, and it was a good dog. I hunted with it down there too. So yeah, they they you get down to that Southwest Missouri area. There's a lot of shack and mafia stuff, and it's good. They're good coon dogs. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of them and everything. And yeah. I think uh, mine definitely got the mouth from yeah. it. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, Hawk, Hawk's been throwing some pretty good mouths in about all of his crosses I've made lately here. Yeah. But uh, I really like this. I really like this mafia pup I've got. I hope I'm hoping to have him cranking good for super stakes next year. But uh, we'll just have to see on it. But yeah, speaking on those uh, mafia, the mafia and shack dogs that are you know being pretty good. Me and Darren actually owned one together. We had bought from Dan Clipperton we ended up we didn't get along with her too good well we sold her jeremiah roller he didn't get along with her he sold her to a fellow out in pennsylvania and she was in the grand 16 at autumn oaks really you know, neither of us we talked about that and said oh i didn't like her yeah and i and he said oh, i didn't like her either so then uh ended up selling them to them and they they uh they loved her through it good and uh she's doing pretty good now i think but well, all right well, all right why it sounds like you guys got a lot of big plans coming up you know i'm gonna run into you some hunts i hope hopefully you're judging next time so if i tree a coon you'll yeah. see it yeah i, I don't know about that i try to get out of judging as much as i can anymore but they still stick me with that card every now and then yep yeah i end up getting it quite a bit too and yeah. I, I really don't mind it no you know, i don't I, mind it for the most part i like it when i'm hunting scent but when i'm hunting rain she chews so bad and I worry about the two yep. catching her every now and then, so I like in a PKC cast. I like to leave her and go get her handled, but uh, with sand, it doesn't bother yeah. me too bad. Yeah, for sure. But now, I, sorry if I ramble on a no, little bit. This no, no, hard to follow or anything. No, but. that makes it easy for me. I just get to sit back and watch the clock and listen. Those are the those are the best ones to do. Yeah, for sure. But I appreciate you well, sitting down with us, Wyatt, and congratulations on, on what you and Hawk have done, and you guys got a real bright future in the sport, and, uh, you know, for a young kid, you've done a lot, and I think you're going to keep it rolling. I'm happy for you and proud of you. Well, I appreciate it. I I uh, really appreciate it. I hope we can get some get some more done with him. I, I think he's about 3,000 short platinum. I'd like to get that done, and then after that we'll see and i'll still keep hunting him but hopefully move on to a pup out of him pretty soon here after that and yeah i don't know we'll see how it goes i'm he's got his five wins for tournament of champions next year and whatnot so we'll probably be at that also in the spring and nationals of course and i really like what you know trevor and alan and everybody over at ukc does with that tournament of champions in yeah. the world huh? those, they do you know, I, they I do a fantastic a job yeah. so i i like what they do with that and yeah, I like what you I like what you do with these podcasts too. So I'm, I really enjoy listening to them. I was pretty shocked and excited when you asked me to talk on it. I probably sound like an idiot on here, but oh, no, I appreciate you're, the offer. So you're world you're world finalist now. Why you're a big deal? Yeah, I know. I told everybody. I never thought I'd get so much attention for losing a UKC cast. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
appreciate it, buddy. And look me up out there when, when we when you get to Salem. We'll go out and grab a bite to eat or something. Sounds good. I'll plan on it. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you, Wyatt. Yeah, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Mr. Wyatt Monin. Uh, we thank him for joining us. Uh, this is Josh Michaelis, and this is The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network.